the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Uvalde's school police chief has been put on leave. The superintendent says he's placing Chief P. Arredondo on administrative leave effective today. President Biden proposes to suspend the federal gas tax. It's a silly proposal that senior members of their own party have already shot down well in advance. The Supreme Court decides in favor of religious schools in Maine. All these states should, should just get it through their mind that they cannot single out religious schools or religious institutions. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast, your first look at today's top stories for Thursday, June 23rd. I'm Mike Scott. Ukrainian forces claim that airstrike attacks on Snake Island in the Black Sea resulted in major losses to Russian forces. The New York Times reports the military said it destroyed a Russian air defense system as well as several vehicles on the island. Satellite images released by a U.S. space technology company show the island on June 17 and again on June 21, depicting newly charred areas. Snake Island was the site where Ukrainian soldiers refused to surrender to a Russian warship in the early days of that war. The U.S. continues to ship weapons in order to help Ukraine defend its territory. But delays that keep those weapons from reaching the front lines quickly have handed Russia an advantage as it tries to capture the Donbass region. General Jack Keane joined Fox News and said he now believes the war is at a tipping point. Well, I think we're at a tipping point on the battlefield. Uh, the Russians obviously are making some progress. It's, it's a grinding artillery war. They have the advantage because of the number of guns they have and the ranges that they have. The tipping point involves the Ukrainians have the skill, they've got the will, they've got the number of people to do it. What they need is the weapons to do it, and that means more artillery, more ammunition, more multiple rocket launchers, and, and by the hundreds, not by the scores, to be able to, to keep them in this fight. What Ukraine wants to do is go on the offensive because they know, they know full well the Russians are reaching a culminating point just trying to take this one major city in the eastern part of the Donbass region. So that, that's where we stand on that battlefield. And the tipping point is weapons, ammunition. Meantime, the Senate Armed Services Committee has voted to approve a record $858 billion in military spending for fiscal year 2023. That's an increase of $45 billion over the Biden administration's budget recommendation and nearly $80 billion over the amount appropriated by Congress for the current fiscal year. Wisconsin State Representative Mike Gallagher joined the Salem Radio Network discussing the defense budget and his proposed amendments. What they're proposing to do is to divest of certain systems we have currently 
get rid of certain legacy systems, and invest in new unproven technology. Now, we all want to fund new technology, but the problem is this stuff won't come online until the mid-2030s, and we feel that's going to be too late. So I have a variety of amendments that are designed to push the Defense Department to move faster. For example, uh, forcing them to restructure the way in which we just organize our command for war in the Pacific so that we are, we're not doing that on the fly if war breaks out. Gallagher goes on to say that there is a key lesson to be learned from the conflict in Ukraine. Uh, another amendment tasking the Defense Department to tell us how uh, the production rates for certain munitions, uh, many of which we're expending in Ukraine, stack up against the requirement for critical munitions. So figuring out how we replenish our stockpile, stockpiles, because the lesson of Ukraine in my mind is that you want to arm your allies and partners before war breaks out, before deterrence fails, not after the fact, because it gets very difficult. A 6.1 magnitude earthquake in Afghanistan has killed at least 1,000 and injured more than 1,600. The quake, according to reports, was centered in the country's remote southeast region near the Pakistani border. World Food Program spokeswoman Shelley Thackrell says Afghanistan's 6.1 magnitude quake has had a devastating impact. Seen some of the pictures uh, that have been coming in of just, you know, broken broken buildings uh, and probably people buried under rubble. Um, and so what we're imagining is that a lot of homes have been destroyed. Thackrell says the earthquake comes at a time when Afghanistan is already experiencing one of the world's worst humanitarian crises. I can't stress enough, it will only add to the immense humanitarian needs in Afghanistan. And it really has to be all hands on deck uh, to, to make sure that, you know, we, we, we really limit the suffering that families, that women and children are already going through. The Uvalde School District's police chief was put on leave Wednesday following allegations that he aired in his response to the mass shooting at Robb Elementary School that left 19 students and two teachers dead. Uvalde Consolidated Independent School District Superintendent Hal Harrell says that he put school's police chief Pete Arredondo on administrative leave because the facts of what happened remain unclear. Henry Ramos, a reporter for KENS Channel 5 in San Antonio, breaks down that announcement. Well, he says this release sent by the Evaldi superintendent just came down about 25 minutes ago. The superintendent says he's placing Chief P. Arredondo on administrative leave effective today. And it seems to be a change in stance from Dr. Hal Harrell, who says he was going to wait to make any personnel decisions but tonight, that wait is over. The release states, from the beginning of this horrible event, I shared that the district would wait until the investigation was complete before making personnel decisions. Well, today, I am still without details of the investigations being conducted by various agencies because of the lack of clarity that remains and the unknown timing of when I will receive the results of the investigations. I have made the decision to place Chief Arredondo on administrative leave effective on this date. Ramos goes on to explain that the decision comes only a day after the Department of Public Safety criticized Arredondo for his response at Robb Elementary. 
DPS says Arredondo was on the on-scene commander during the shooting at Robb Elementary. And tonight's announcement comes just one day after the head of DPS said the only thing stopping officers from taking down the gunman sooner was the commander, who they say placed the lives of officers ahead of the lives of children. DPS says Arredondo entered the school just three minutes after the shooter, but officers waited to take down that gunman for an hour and 14 minutes. The Supreme Court ruled Tuesday that Maine cannot exclude religious schools from a program that offers tuition aid for private education. That decision could ease religious organizations' access to taxpayer funds for public schools. Experts believe the 6-3 outcome may fuel a renewed push for school choice programs in some of the 18 states that have so far not directed taxpayer money to private religious education. The most immediate effect of the court's ruling beyond Maine probably will be in nearby Vermont, which has a similar program. Arkansas Senator Tom Cotton joined the Salem Radio Network to discuss his thoughts on that ruling. I'm grateful that the court once again ruled that um, when a state government wants to provide funding for parents on neutral ground to educate, uh, single out religious schools uh, as uniquely disqualified from giving those funds. That's what uh, the state of Maine had done uh, in uh, districts where there were no, there were no uh, public high schools. They would give uh, state funds parents to help educate their teenage children if they had prohibited it from going to uh, religious schools. Um, this is in keeping with other decisions that have been made in recent years. There was a case out in Montana a year or two ago. Um, all these states should should just get it through their mind that they cannot single out religious schools or religious institutions for unique or um, or special kinds uh, of mistreatment or debarment from federal funds. Chief Justice John Roberts wrote for a conservative majority that the main program violates the Constitution's protections for religious freedoms. The man who was arrested for trying to kill Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh has pleaded not guilty in court. Nicholas Roski allegedly told detectives he traveled to Maryland intending to kill Brett Kavanaugh after the court's Roe v. Wade draft decision was leaked. He was then arrested by Montgomery County Police Department officers. Daybreak Insider's Ed Donahue has more details on Roski's court date. Nicholas Roski from California was arrested outside Kavanaugh's home near Washington. An FBI agent's affidavit said he was armed with a gun and a knife, was carrying zip ties, and was dressed in black, and also called local police to say he had traveled from California to kill Kavanaugh. After his arrest, Roski told a police detective he was upset by a leaked draft opinion, suggesting the Supreme Court is about to overturn Roe v. Wade, the landmark abortion case, and was also upset over the school massacre in Uvalde, Texas, and believed Kavanaugh would vote to loosen gun control laws. Roski remains in custody. A tentative trial date was set for August 23rd. Ed Donahue, Washington. The House Select Committee investigating the January 6th rioting at the U.S. Capitol is postponing hearings it had originally planned to hold next week until July. According to a release statement, the panel is reassessing its schedule after significant new tranches of evidence have arrived, including some documentary footage. New York Post chief political columnist Michael Goodwin joined 
our Salem Radio Network, to discuss his thoughts on the January 6th hearings. The show trial aspect of this hearing is that only Democrats or Republicans who agree with the Democrats that Trump should never hold office again are permitted on the committee. This is Nancy Pelosi's decision to make it a one-sided affair. So as Jonathan Turley and other other legal experts have have said, you do not get the sense of a fair trial. Goodwin goes on to explain that in his opinion. The problem with the hearings is that the other side is not being heard. You don't get the sense of fairness because you're not having cross-examination. You're not having the witnesses subjected to questions that would contradict the theme that the Democrats want you to hear, which is that Donald Trump evil never again. And so you don't get the other side. And that is a fundamental part of American jurisprudence. It's a fundamental American part of the American system, which is bipartisanship, which is a debate between two people who disagree, but a civil debate nonetheless. Wrapping up results from Tuesday's primary elections, Virginia Republicans chose State Senator Jen Kiggins to take on Democrat Representative Elaine Luria in the Virginia Beach-based 2nd Congressional District, setting the matchup for what's expected to be one of the nation's most competitive House races. CBS reporter Finn Gomes breaks down the results of the Alabama election and the ousting of Mo Brooks. Katie Britt decisively beat Mo Brooks by 26 points. And what these two candidates shared a unique distinction in that they were both endorsed by Donald Trump at one point. Mo Brooks, who was a longtime MAGA ally of, of former President Trump, was initially supported by Trump. But then Trump pulled his, his in support of Brooks after he slid in the polls ahead of the May 24th primary. However, uh, Brooks did come back and made that, that cutoff to uh, face uh, Katie Britt last night. However, Katie Britt did win last night. Gomes also breaks down the numbers in the primary election in Georgia. There were two uh, runoffs in, in House races with uh, Rich McCormick and um, Mike Collins. They both fa- faced, in this Republic, Republican primary races, they both faced Trump-backed candidates. And in both uh, instances, in both races, they won decisively against these Trump-backed candidates. Now, it's important because Georgia, it's in Georgia. Georgia is a key battleground state, not only in 22, but in 24. And as, as we've seen, Trump has had some trouble in Georgia, not only in these races, but also back in May 24th, when, uh, when uh, the governor, the, the current governor, Brian Kemp, easily defeated his uh, Trump-backed challenger in that race. And, and going forward, if Trump does launch a 24 uh, a bid for the White House again, uh, he's going to have to do some work in the peach state. President Biden has moved forward with a call to suspend the federal gas tax for three months alongside other new actions to attack one of the biggest drivers of inflation. During a speech at the White House Wednesday, the president called for a suspension of both federal and state gas taxes through September, which would require new legislation from Congress as well as new actions by the oil industry to pass along savings to consumers more quickly and also quickly increase refining capacity. 
The president said he's calling on Congress to act quickly to suspend the federal gas tax payments. By suspending the 18 cent gas tax, federal gas tax, for the next 90 days, we can bring down the price of gas and give families just a little bit of relief. Biden says it is his opinion that the federal gas tax holiday will help. I fully understand that a gas tax holiday alone is not going to fix the problem, but it will provide families some immediate relief, just a little bit of breathing room as we continue working to bring down prices for the long haul. Biden says oil costs have dropped recently, but gas prices have not followed suit. So he has a message to those who run gas stations. This is a time of war, global peril, Ukraine. These are not normal times. Bring down the price you are charging at the pump to reflect the cost you are paying for the product. Do it now. Do it today. Your customers... The American people, they need relief now. In reaction, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell says the president's call for a gas tax holiday is silly. This ineffective administration's big new idea is a silly proposal that senior members of their own party have already shot down well in advance. The minority leader said the gas tax holiday proposal is nothing more than a political stunt. Another ineffective stunt to mask the effects of Democrats' war on affordable American energy. Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell sought Wednesday to try and reassure the public the Fed will raise interest rates high and fast enough to quell inflation without tightening credits so much as to throttle the economy and cause a severe recession. Testifying to the Senate Banking Committee, Powell faced skeptical questions from members of both parties about the Fed's ability to tame inflation, which has surged to the top of Americans' concerns as congressional elections near. Daybreak insider Jennifer King has more details. Price pressures have spread to a broad range of goods and services. Addressing the Senate Banking Committee, Jerome Powell says the central bank is keenly aware of the problems dogging the U.S. economy as it struggles to recover from the pandemic. We understand the hardship that high inflation is causing. We are strongly committed to bringing inflation back down. Powell came under fire from both sides of the aisle. Senator Elizabeth Warren got the Fed chair to acknowledge that raising interest rates won't reduce gas or food prices. Rate hikes won't make... Vladimir Putin turn his tanks around and leave Ukraine. After blaming President Biden's $1.9 trillion stimulus package for exacerbating inflation, Senator Tom Tillis of North Carolina accused Powell of taking too long to raise rates. The Fed has largely boxed itself in to a menu of purely reactive policy measures. Jennifer King, Washington. When one Tennessee small business owner needed help, It was her customers, friends, and family who all pulled together to lend a hand. Daybreak Insider's Jason Walker has details on this heartwarming story. Heidi Thayer and her mother opened the Courtside Cafe in Charlotte, Tennessee more than 20 years ago. But now it's her customers doing the cooking, selling hamburgers, drinks, and desserts to raise money to help Thayer and her family after her husband suffered an aneurysm. Friends jumped at the chance to help keep that little cafe open as the medical bills piled up for the family. 
Thayer says her husband is making progress. She calls the outpouring of love and generosity simply overwhelming. Jason Walker reporting. And finally, a celestial event being called a planet parade. This rare sight in the sky will be visible to the naked eye when Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn are aligned and in order this month for the first time in 18 years. While you won't need a telescope to see the rare grouping of planets, as they will all be visible to the naked eye, it might still be difficult to see Mercury because of how dim it appears. The verified YouTube science channel called Secrets of the Universe explains the heavenly event. Witness the grand celestial alignment that will take place in June. All the seven planets will almost seem to align in the pre-dawn sky, and five of them will be visible with unaided eyes. Starting from the horizon, they include Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn. The most remarkable thing about this alignment is that these five planets will appear in the sky in the same order as their distance from the sun. This orderly alignment of the planets is happening after 18 years. The last time they appeared in the sky in this order was in December of 2004. While most planets will be visible without a telescope, to see Neptune or Uranus, you will need to bring some equipment to your stargazing party. As far as the solar system's ice giants are concerned, Neptune will be visible between Jupiter and Saturn. Uranus will be relatively closer to the horizon, between Venus and Mars. Unfortunately, these two planets can only be seen through a telescope or a pair of binoculars. Want your best chance to catch this rare event? Secrets of the Universe tells us the best day and time to catch the planet parade. To get the best view of the alignment, be at your viewing spot about 30 minutes before sunrise. For most, an ideal spot should have a clear view of the horizon toward the east. Although the Grand Celestial Alignment will be visible throughout the second half of the month, the best date to see this show is June 24th. This parade of planets hasn't been seen from Earth since 2004, and it won't happen again until 2040, according to celestial experts. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at daybreakinsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at srnnews.com and townhall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.